Welcome to Part 2 of Podcaster Podcast, Episode 37 with Paul Bonilla. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. So 2006, you're you're getting back in the game for carding and this, this Rotex deal. Uh, uh, you said Steve kind of put you on to that deal. What was the... All right, so you talked to, to Andy. He's doing, uh, at that time, Gators, I believe, is rolling, mm-hmm. right? So our... As you get back into it, you already know what you'd spent the previous year doing cars. It's going to be pretty easy to be less than that number. For what, sure. What do you decide to actually do? Do you kind of dip a toe or do you kind of go, hey, let's go racing? Uh, oh, and, and, and sorry, and how old are you? Are we masters yet? Uh, yeah, so masters are ready. So what is that? 2005. So how old are we? we get out a calculator. Carry the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait a second. It's my birthday today. Oh, that's right. So I'm 53 today. So in 2021. So that was uh, 2000. What, 16 years. 16 years ago. So yeah. So I was uh, late 30s. Uh, so definitely in masters. And at, at the time when you raced before, I, I know that masters wasn't as much a thing in the 90s. You know, they had like Super Box or Super This or Novice This. Masters wasn't really a thing until we started getting into the 2000s, I believe, if I remember correctly. So do you automate, oh, I'm just going to go run with the kids again? Or like, oh, wait, Masters. That's a good question. I like I, add I, seven I, questions at the yeah, same time. Yeah, right? no, I mean, there was a Masters already because I'm pretty sure that's what Steve and other guys are running. And, uh, yeah, no, it was already pretty healthy because turns out I didn't know that this all started like, in like 2000, 2001, people were on the Rotax. And then by like 2002, it was already a pretty big, you know, Andy was building the thing up. I forget what year it was, but somewhere shortly thereafter, I remember they had, uh, I don't know if it was, uh, I mean, I know there was a road race festival here in the later 2000s, but I think at one of the Streets of Willow's, Street of, Streets of Willow Gators races, there was like 60 masters. It was something wow. just like, off the chart crazy like like you would think it's like a national event you know or you know like a, a world i mean worlds has like 90 guys in a class or something um but uh yeah so it, it was masters and uh it was diving into kind of both i think i did some gators and then i did some scusa and uh you know uh, jerry henderson was doing and winning masters races and they uh in a Matori, I think, back yeah, then. Yeah, that was back in the, it was it was Tag Masters. And so they had multiple engine packages that you could run. Right, right. Right, so you had people in Leopards, Rotax, uh, just all different brands. And it was kind of cool, actually. I mean, like, obviously, I get and understand, you know, spec racing, and it does make things closer. But on the same token for, you know, the tuning engine builder gearhead side of things in the different weights and the different motors, I mean, it's, it's kind of fun, too, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure. It, it had its place. Yeah. So you in 2006, you get back into the Rotex deal. You're doing a little bit of the Scusa stuff. You're doing the Gator stuff. Were you, did you do club stuff as well? Like how, how all in did you go? Was it specifically regional travel racing, bigger stuff, or were you doing a little bit of everything? So 06 was a, you know, a coming back year and it was clubs and, you know, light traveling as, you know, uh, Pro Kart would be, you know, around here, Button Willow, Willow, what have you. And Gators was mostly all around here as well. So no national events, I don't think, until 07, going back to doing some national stuff, went to Centennial, Colorado for the Rotax Nationals. With Andy's team, I remember he had, whatever, like 12, 15 people in the trailer. 
you know once you uh once you bought the motor from andy where he was that the relationship right there you were pit with him from there on for sure for sure and, and it's interesting because he was at pits with doug you know there was an era there where a bunch of guys were there and i remember him vaguely but i never really we didn't really connect he's right. just the front counter guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh some kid that needed a job on the weekends no. he, yeah he, <laughs> poor andy he, he's that boisterous and annoying guy at times but yeah uh yeah, so no, that's that's how that kind of got started. Yeah, and it's pretty much been fairly solid since. You know, there's been some races where, you know, he wasn't going to, you know, once his series got big and everyone went their separate directions between Scusa, you know, I was still doing Scusa stuff and going with teams to that, um, you know, with Nash, um, with Ryan Perry, you know. Um, been involved here and there with different teams you know, all over the place, which is, which is cool because you get exposure to different ways of doing things, tuning, you know, some people had data early on. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been a, a great experience. So you go to, uh, so you've been working on things in 2006, kind of cutting your teeth, getting things figured out again, learning that this new package, because you've been gone since was it 99? 2000. Yeah. 99, 2000. Right, yeah. So you've been gone for five, six years out of, out of, Carding, yeah, and now you're back. I presume not. A, we talked about it earlier, with like toe plates and stuff like that. The difference is there. Now we're doing lasers and things, but not a huge, ginormous change from those five, six years in the technology level. But the engine package is completely different, right? Water cooled 125 cc versus the 100 cc direct drive and things like that that you were doing before. And you cut your teeth in 2006, and you're part of the FTK deal for the 2007. Grand Nationals. Are you going into the Grand Nationals as learning experience or you're like, no, 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 I know what the hell I'm doing and this is championship status? Yeah, perfect question. Yeah, I did not know what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I was okay, but uh, it's funny, we were talking earlier about John Crow. I think we qualified 17th and 18th. Wow. Um, And that was a thing for us for many years. It's like, you know, I'd never say... Never say it was better than really any driver. It's just a matter of how you have it set up that weekend. Are you on your game? Did you prepare properly? You know, all, all those things. But um, yeah, John and I would be like together all the time on track, no matter where. It was <laughs> kind of annoying at times too. In, like, we got to get out of the same camp. And under the same tent. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's, that's probably a big part of it. Um, but yeah, so think uh, i had some bad luck uh, i think you know was maybe a dnf one of them and then uh i think i had to like start from the back of the main and you know come to find out ironically uh later on my because i wasn't friends with hedervic back then but he was tuning for eric jackson oh, okay. and they had figured out for some reason it was really cold and slippery and very little grip and they had figured out like 22 to 24 pounds of pressure in these mojos at uh at centennial colorado mm-hmm. you know we didn't get them out we're out there going i don't know 13 14 pounds. right it's like made a big swing at oh, it though yeah i mean we were just completely just out of the loop just missed the boat so um yeah i mean it was good to go it was obviously fun you know you have a lot of guys under one tent and mm-hmm. you know one of the bigger teams there at the time um and then yeah after that it just uh continued on we so yeah, so I was 07. So yeah, it was a good year because I won I won the Pro Kart Challenge. Oh, nice. Um, and that was racing against Jackson and Henderson, a bunch of the guys that, you know, 
were, were on at the time. And it was interesting because we were able to, I think you could make one engine change per year. Right. Yeah. With the different manufacturers. Oh, yeah. right. You could do yeah, one yeah. a year. So I just, I timed it perfectly where I think we would race like Qualcomm with a long straightaway out in the parking lot. We raced Grange with a long straightaway. So I timed my change from the Rotax of most of the tracks that was fast to where like, oh, long straightaway, put on a Leopard, you know, rev that thing to, I forget what it rev at, 16 or 17,000 mm-hmm. and managed to keep that momentum and win some races and win the championship. Um, so that, yeah, that, that was a, a good year. So, you, I mean, on that Grand Nationals, you go there with a the Rotax deal, but you're already having success at the Scusa game. Yep. So at Scusa, you said the championship is there in 2000 and 2007 for Pro Kart. Yep. And that's in the tag deal. And then you go to a specific Rotax and you obviously are, are a horrible qualifier. <laughs> but I mean, going into that, having having the success in the Scusa game, was did you not think it was going to translate directly over and like you're going to be top of the game automatically? Especially, and I'll add, under the FTK tent with Andy, who is right there in the Rotax game and himself a phenomenal Masters driver. Yeah. So did you think that that was going to be like, I've got an absolute shot at this thing or like, I, I, I would assume you go into it going, I've got a shot considering how well you've done up to that point. Yeah, I did think that. I just didn't think I'd be that far off the pace when I got there, you okay. know, and again, local knowledge, you know, this, this has been a recurring theme for a lot of us, right? Like, can you go out there the month before or, you know, do a club race, the, the worlds, you know, the people that can go out there and pretest for the worlds. It's oh, a huge right. thing. Because yeah. that really held me back as well. You know, people like, you know, Derek Wang and others who get out there and get it done. I mean, it, it's right. a huge help. Going back to a track like, oh, I know how to drive it. I know where, you know, where the, the rubber line's going to be. The nuances. Nuances. Now I'm just tuning the thing versus you get out there for three of the, you know, six days. You're like, uh, I, what? You know? Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a fun experience at that Nationals. But, uh, yeah, it was just pretty much getting back into national competition okay, and, uh, and understanding, you know, that whole dynamic and, and really just gearing up for it because, you know, I didn't have a spare motor. I didn't have, you know, it was all just, you know, one of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, subsequently to that, then it was, you know, really serious in 2008. I think we went to Shano for the, for the Rotax nationals while doing, you know, at this point I'm doing Tri-C pro cart Gators, local races, Rotax Nationals, and I think, I don't know if it was 08, 09, well, no, I think, yeah, it was Super Nats, I have to remember, I have to look back. I, I scanned through the other day, and I think it was like over 250 races from when they were counting them on my laps after, I think, like 2007 or something. Wow. So if you go Dude. back before then <laughs> to like all the Region 7 stuff, I mean, you know, it's hundreds of races, you know. Yeah. That you're, How can you not remember all of them? I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Man. Right. Yeah, old age. Um yeah, so that 2008 was good. Um Shauna was on pole for um the Rotax Nationals in the in the wet. And then uh you know, I think did I think I might even won uh no, I don't, I didn't win any heat races. It just started going backwards from there after it dried out. So apparently had too much grip. <laughs> Cause you know, like you know, you practice and then it rains, you're like, Oh, I'm on. You're like, wait a second, when it dries out, I could be in trouble. Right. Yeah. It, it, had you had much rain experience before that? Um, interestingly, n- not too much. There was at Moran, I remember an epic battle that John Crow and I had. 
uh, at a, I can't remember if it was a Gators or a, a, a Scusa race, um, but we were both on uh, Burrell M32s that they just had a ton of grip in the wet. They were just beautiful to drive. Like I, I would welcome a wet race anytime with that cart. Later on, I haven't really found a cart that was that easy. I mean, Tony Kart's been decent in the wet, but I mean, I struggled with the Supernats once in the wet. So the the Pro Kart Championship happens in 2007. The Grand Nationals don't go swimmingly for you, but there's another big race that happens at the end of the year, Supernats. You have the success right. at Pro Kart. Do you go into this uh, you do the Supernats that year and, and does that go well? And and had you did you do the Supernats in 2006 when you first came back? No, I think 07 was the first. And what what they did is they included a Rotax uh, class. A Rotax so, specific. Yeah. So it was Andy, myself. I mean, it was a decent amount of people. Um, and it was at Sam Boyd Stadium. Uh, yeah. So so, uh, so you win the, the pro cart deal with the mixture of inches and tag. Right. But then they have a Rotax only class at Supernats. Right. Oh, interesting. Yep. And uh, it's funny because I still get grief from it uh, on it from Andy every once in a while. He was on pole for like 20 some odd minutes of the qualifying or whatever, 18 minutes and on lap 23. It's one of those where you could hot pit. Okay. Oh, and sometimes right. you come in, tires cool a little bit. Right. And granted, it was Mojo's, right? So, <laughs> you know, this were. So it, was, it, was, it was Rotax rules, essentially, this, this entire class. Because they weren't running mojos on everything else, right? They were probably on the yeah, M- MGs. MGs, yeah, yeah. So it was one of those where I was able to, you know, come in hot pit, let things cool down, adjust, go back out, and I pipped him in the last, like the last lap or two, last couple minutes of oh, qualifying, God. and got pole. Yeah, he was so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and again, under the same tent. Oh, for sure, and, for sure. Uh, and Andy is full throttle carding. So, so what happened when you got back to the tent? I didn't even know. I didn't know who had what or whatever. I mean, I, th- I guess maybe I'd find out I got pulled, but I didn't know that I had pipped him at the last second. He's just That's shaking awesome. his head. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's great because, you know, Masters, you know, to your question earlier about like, okay, was it Masters or whatever? Yeah. Masters wasn't a thing. And, you know, definitely have to credit Andy and, and people that supported that whole Masters thing. There, apparently there's a lot of us that, you know, wanted a race and were older you know, to get it to the size that it was, you know, in any series, you know, yeah. so. So you end up snagging the old pole there, and uh, in <laughs> how's the rest of your week? I was gonna go? say the, the <laughs> yeah, tent, the tent starts out stoked. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm I can't remember if I won all the heats or what happened, but I had some good battles with uh, with John Crow again, and right. uh, and I think he was probably perched to like draft past me last lap it was really close like i barely hung on and uh yeah so i, I won the main with him like it was one of those where it's like point oh you know because they're like alongside of you yeah so um, yeah that was uh so you you end up winning the pro car championship and the rotax specific supernats in 2007 yep but grand national doesn't go too well for you for 2007 so Okay, Grand National's not so good, but you just won the bloody Supernats. Right. I mean, that's pretty stoked right there. You can yeah. only have one. <laughs> yeah. Pick one, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's to win that kind of stuff in the same year, that's like, you know, that's like legendary. You know, some people, you've seen uh, um, uh, Danny Formal, others that have pulled off just huge, huge wins. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. And to to come back, not being in karting for several years, two thousand six. I'm gonna get my, you know, get my bearings, yep. and then uh, yeah, okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and win the friggin' Supernats the very next year. <laughs> Does that kind of set the tone as you go forward from there? We talk about uh, two thousand eight being a strong year and whatnot, but as you you get that success right out of the gate, and again, going back to the nineties, you you had mentioned you didn't have oh my god success, no, but in the, as you turn into a phenomenal master's driver, definitely a, quote, household name, if you will, in the industry as a master's driver right out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd like to say, well, you know what? It, honestly, it really was being part of full throttle karting, you know. Um, Andy, you know, he figured out how to tune carts uh, in a just kind of a grassroots. Like I said, we didn't have data too much. I mean, data didn't really arrive until another maybe. I mean, I know some people are probably doing it, but like we didn't embrace it till you know, six, seven years later. It was the early stages of it too, for sure. Right. I mean, I'm right. sure it wasn't a common thing in the paddock. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I got to give credit where credit is due. That that choice and, and, you know, hooking up with his team really, really was, uh, you know, the right way to go. And, you know, it's it's where I think we well, definitely where we had most of all our success. As you uh, as you move on from 2007 again that Supernats win, it are you are you continue to hit pro tours and and stuff like that. Is the national game like are you a little bit less club a little bit more regional or national? For sure, for sure. I mean the the club thing was uh, you know a great way to come out and like test and you know keep the rust off and what have you. But uh, yeah, it was uh, a lot of traveling, a lot of national stuff. Um, yeah, there was a, a time when I, and I almost did do it. It was just, just tough schedule wise to do like WKA stuff. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have done that or USBKS. Right. You know, there's just, there's so many opportunities to race in our world. Um, but yeah, it was just mostly the, the schools at pro tour. I think, uh, I'm trying to remember my first pro tour. I'm guessing it was like 11 or 12. Um, so several, a few years later then. Yeah. A few years later. Um, which I was fortunate enough to win Pro Tour. Pretty sure it was 12. Yeah, because I led the Supernats that year in the main. Oh, that's back when Supernats was part of the Pro Tour, yeah. Yep, exactly. And uh, yeah, so that's what happened. You're right. I won the Pro Tour as a result of doing well across everything, and I led the damn Supernats for most of the main. (laughs) But uh, Leonardo Niancotter, who had... I don't know if he had won already. Um, it's funny because in a couple previous years we had, we crashed out a couple years before down in like whatever, eighth, ninth and 10th. So we were kind of steadily working our way up and, uh, but he won three years in a row, you know, oh, and wow. I think Billy won two years in a row, if I'm not mistaken, or I don't think it was three. I think it was two. Is that Cleveland? Yeah. Cleveland. So yeah, there's been a few people that have really, you know, killed it, but, uh, yeah, I was leading the thing and I thought I was going to win it, but he, he hunted me down and, and got me. Yeah. The worst part was looking back at the lap times and I had settled into a, uh, a, what I thought was a comfortable pace. And then after he passed me and I was like, Oh crap. And then I look at the times and they're like two tenths faster from that. Oh. So it's like, Oh great. I yeah. settled into a slower pace than I, so you know, so now you start going hindsight going, he might not have been able to catch me if I had just well, gone. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I mean, I'd like to say that I, I knew what pace I was running, but maybe at the time I probably thought that was like it, mm-hmm. you know. It's a little different when you have the carrot too. Totally. And you like, 
oh shit, <laughs> that's not, I'm not leading now. This is not good. Yeah, yeah. In the pit, Find there's a little bit more. There's a joke in the pit about seeing eye dog. <laughs> so it's like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we all know following's easier. You yeah, know? yeah. It's mm-hmm. the carrot, but yeah, it's it's tough to lead. It really is, you know. And people that have won most all the races, you know, leading start to finish and are all heats, all everything. It's like, wow, that's yeah. kudos, yeah. Heck yeah. I, I'd much rather go get it than have to hold on to it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you almost get another championship there or another, excuse me, another uh, Super Nats. It's, it's a bit of a silver lining that, oh, I just lost the Super Nats. Yeah. Hey, uh, still won the national championship though. So you got that going for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. got to be a weird feeling there. And did they still do the, at that time, I think the banquet or whatever was right after Super Nats or right before? No, it was after. It had to be after. Yeah. It was after in that... Uh... In one of those giant halls. Yeah. You know, it was big. A lot of people, you know, it, it, it almost felt like one of those little, you know, like a mini version of like the NASCAR or whatever yeah, awards. Yeah. Yeah. It the was, banquet at the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. Right. You're it's, like, oh, I didn't win. But then you get that opportunity, which has got to be pretty cool. But you know what? Like the 2007 Pro Kart uh, banquet, they did it at the, uh, I think it was called the Alder something museum. In this industrial complex, you'd have no idea this guy had this collection of like 300 classic cars and oh, i guess cool. tom hooked it up where you go in there it was a catered dinner you get to walk around and check out all these cars you know cars from like 50s 60s you know everything you can imagine it was just unbelievable um and then the awards you know banquet after dinner and it was pretty cool i mean it felt like a you know a giant you know like a pro tour you know for just for just being you know a regional championship yeah yeah it was definitely impressive so that's pretty cool so you've got uh, you've got a few different championships under your belt. You know, we're talking about a national championship in twelve, the regional championship, and Super Nats win in in seven. Is in those I mean, twelve is almost ten years ago. Yeah. Since twelve, I mean, as a national champion, as a Super Nats winner, and almost again uh, twice Super Nats. From that from that point, like I started getting to know what a Paul Bonilla is right around that twelve mark. Mm. Right. And so, uh, like I told you, when I got a chance to start doing master's driving in uh, carry the one 2017. Yeah. Um, like Paul Bonilla is an established master's name. Like I need to, I want to be, I want to be on track with you and Crow and these other guys from 12 on. What, what is the, cause you've been racing almost every year here at a pretty high level. What is the focus for you as a, as a master's driver moving on? Is it super Nats wins? Is it challenging the Americas or whatever? And it, on top of that, what is maybe the crowning achievement, if you will, in that period of time? I, I know that you got a chance to do a lot of that Rotax stuff, um, challenge or otherwise. Um, did you ever find some more success in the grand nationals or otherwise? Was it 2012? We went to South Bend and, the years all blend in. So we went Rotax Nationals at South Bend somewhere in those years with Andy and the gang. And it was another pretty sure wet qualifying, put it on pole, won the heats. And then, uh, and Andy had been consistently coming up through there. I think Andy even won one of the heat races or the pre-final. And then, uh, I think I was running whatever, second, third in the main and someone threw a chain right in front of me. And it was one of those where they, you know, you flinch one direction or the other, but then he changed, he flinched left and then went right. And I had already gone right. Oh, and we man. did one of these blend going down the straightaway at a decent clip. 
And it was just one of those where I was already just stuck on his inside and he just faded me all the way to the barriers. And it was just a, you know. Oh man, that yeah. sucks. Yep, yep. And I actually, it didn't, it lightly bent the axle and I got going again, but I was down like whatever, seventh, eighth, ninth and worked my way back up to fifth. And uh, it was one of those, one of those insulting, as I was like, get going again, Andy goes buying waves. Ah. Like, <laughs> oh man. I think he finished second. So he was on the podium. Uh, yeah, I, I think at best, I don't know if I would have won that. I maybe at best would have finished second, I think, anyways, based on, upon, because you always go back and analyze and go lap <laughs> yeah. times yeah, and whatever right. else. So, yeah, there's been a lot of podiums, a lot of seconds and thirds, you know. Um, but always in the game and always competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, but as far as like, you know, a highlight peak, you know, for a few years there have been trying to get to the world's. Right, Rotax Worlds, right? Rotax Worlds, because I mean that that was that was pretty epic. I mean, granted, you know, nothing against the the races that are having in Italy every year now and the Rock Worlds and all that, but it's the same place. Mm-hmm. To be able to be on a traveling circus, you know, like I know Eric Jackson did uh, uh, Saudi Arabia. He did. Um, I can't remember if he did Portugal, but numerous drivers got to do two or three. You know, change around different places. So. The was it 2016 when I finally got my world's ticket from winning uh, challenge uh, of the Americas. Uh, we went to Portugal, and that was, uh, whew, I mean, that was epic. That really was. We've had uh, we've had a few people on. They've got a chance to do some different. I mean, Matt Johnson's able to do the IME uh, world's France. over there, right? Yep. Uh, what is that? So you you win. Challenge the Americas. Challenge the Americas, January, February, March, typically. Three-round deal in the winter. Or, excuse me, three-weekend, six-round deal. Um, and you get that ticket. Uh, going to the Worlds, like having the opportunity to go do that, what is that What is that like? Uh, and it's going to be a little bit different as a master's driver. Right? Maybe as a kid, I would think people are like, oh, I can prove myself. or I can. As a master's driver, you're established where you're at, and I would assume you could soak that up a little bit more and appreciate what the hell's going on. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, you hear some of these other drivers we've talked about that went off to Europe and raced direct drive. And, uh, you know, like how he got to do a Billy Cleveland, others, um, which sounds like an absolute blast. Uh, but, you know, being a race fan and always wanting to like grow up and be a race car driver, so to speak, the ability to be able to go to the world, your first worlds mm-hmm. and you know, where they have everything set up park for May, And I mean, the rules and the, how organized it is. And I mean, you know, the checking out your equipment where they give you your chassis and your, you know, I was going to say, cause everything's supplied, right? Everything. You just show up. You just show up with your helmet and your wow. gear. Yeah. They give you a, a toolbox. They give you, you know, everything. It's, it's like the closest feeling to like, you know, getting paid to like be a race car driver. Almost. Yeah. You know, granted, yeah, you're still spending some money and some flights and some personal stuff, but, um, you roll into the track, not having to worry about the go-kart. Yep. Yeah. That's, exactly. That's a pretty cool feeling. I oh, bet. It, it is. It's, it really, it's, and it's, you bring your own tuner though and all that. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Flew out with, uh, Josh Huff. Oh, he was cool. my, he was my tuner mechanic. Um, you know, Andy is involved with Rotax. So he's there from like a, you know, organizational standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just to roll in there and see, you know, Rubens Barrichello, you know, driving DD2 um, and numerous other, you know, world renowned drivers and, you know, Formula One stars and what have you. And you're just like, I mean, it's just cloud nine. Yeah. 
it feels it, like a big event, and when you're you're on the track, it feels even bigger. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we've, uh, in previous episodes, we talked about like that, uh, especially with the Rob Howden episode, the the electric feeling, like when you go to Supernats, and you can just tell it's different. Right. I would assume World Finals, and and knowing also everybody earned their way in. Right. That the only way you get a chance to be there in the first place Tickets, is if you yeah. got a ticket, and you can't show up with your own. Equipment. Right, exactly yeah. that, and, and it's just—I mean, it, it is pretty darn fair. I mean, the I was going to ask about the equality. Yeah, it, it's—I mean, it's in, imperceptible. It's totally, totally even because you just know, like, if you look at the stats year over year, you can see the same drivers, you know, bubble to the top. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what chassis they, you know, because they alternate. You know, um, might be a Sodi cart, then it might be a you know Praga, it might be gotcha. whatever. Um, but they really simplify it in that, like, the carburetor is sealed, okay? There are no spare axles, you know? So as far as, like, the removing of all the different combinations for tuning, it's really simplified. So it oh, is, neat. it's, you know, it's tire pressure, some camber caster, toe out. Whatever, oh, whatever is already Whatever is already bolted on the cart. That's what you're tuning with. Yeah. So you're not Me. trying. You're not going to be able to try a different axle. You're not trying different nope. hubs. You're not trying nope. anything. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't know, know that, that either. Oh wow. So basically, you get here's the basically like arrive and drive. That's yeah. all you, baby. <laughs> no, I love it. Just need to get a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> and also fun. get better. So it's basically box stock. As you get, you get box stock. Here you go. And then if it fits inside that parameter for tuning, you can do your ride height. You can do these things here, there. But you're not going to put different stuff on. Right. It, oh, that is cool. I did. Yeah. I thought you had more than that. It's awesome. Yeah. No. It's a. It really is. You know, whatever. Call it eighty, ninety percent driver. You That's know? pretty cool. And what um? What chassis were you on when you went there? I was on a Sodi, so it was in a DD two. Oh, okay. I was gonna ask. Um, how'd you like the DD two stuff? I mean, it doesn't sound like you did much of it. No, and I mean, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, still an amazing, you know, platform. Mm-hmm. You know, I think what happened was in like 2013, 14, somewhere in there, we showed up to challenge and, you know, Falcone, Scott Falcone had already, out of Colorado, had already had a D2 for a little bit. Um, Alan Rudolph had come back to racing and he was in a Rotax DD2. Uh, Mike Jones, Brent Harper, um, Crow. So it, it turned into, you know, it's interesting because you think about like, oh, people are like, oh, I'm going to go race, but no, there's only like 20 people. Um, you know, or whatever you want it to be 30, 40 people, 50 people. Well, right. we have these races with 10, 12, 14 people, but five or six national champions right. in that small little race. Right. Yeah. Right. So at a certain point, like the volume doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like, I'll you take, can't really complain about who you're racing against when it's that. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like, I mean, we've got to that point right now where I'd rather race against, you know, Billy Cleveland, Derek Wang, and, you know, three or four other guys than have 25 guys where there's a handful, you know, three or four decent guys in the rest are like question marks, mm-hmm. right? You want, you want to race against You want the, the right people out there. Yeah, yeah. For sure. It's, it's, it's nice to say that, oh man, I, I finished first or whatever out of 30, 40 people, but at the end of the day, you, it, it, let's say you qualify on Paul or you qualify towards the sharp end. You're still only racing four or five people, right? Yeah, right. So, whether all, those all the other rest, ones there or not, you're still there with that same group. Yeah, you're racing yeah. four or five people, and the rest of it's ego. <laughs> like, yeah, like right. what do you give a shit about? Like, no, okay, Grand Nationals, all this other kind of stuff. It's still cool to say that, but at the end of the day, once you start thinking about it, you're racing the group of people around you. 
Right. And if that group of people is, as you say, national champions, former ticket winners, so on and so forth, like, right. I don't need 30 people. I'm racing these five badasses right here. This is good. No, for sure. We've all had those heats where either you know, something broke, got crashed out, start heat two or something from 30th spot and work your way up to like 18th. And then the next one, you work your way up to like back to the top 10. Right. You know, yeah, it's fun to throw a bunch of passes and move forward, but, you know, really racing guys for 27th or 23rd or 20th, 18th, those are just kind of like, you know, just quick little passes and it's mm -hmm. not really the same as fighting someone for five laps for one position. Exactly mm -hmm. that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's the fact that you're able to make all those passes and this is not a, a, a dig or a notch against anybody else, but it's one of those scenarios for where sure. when you have X amount of experience you probably should be able to do that. You know what I mean? If, right. if, if I have five years of experience and I'm going to go against the newbie, I should be able to pass a bunch of newbies or a bunch of new drivers in there because I have the experience. Mm -hmm. It's not like, it's just flat out. Like, I've been doing this for X amount of time. You've been doing this for X amount of time. Carry the one. Yeah, I should be able to do that, period. I'm not, I'm back here because bad shit happened to me. Not because that's where I, quote, earned. Right, and and, you know, Back to your question from earlier, like, okay, well, these championship races, still do some club races? Well, yeah. Do you remember, well, I don't know if you were here then, but there was that Cart Be Clean series. That was before my time. Okay. Yeah. And so there was these fun events where, and I don't remember if this event did it, but like any club race where every once in a while, they'll be like, oh, we're going to pee pick. Oh, oh, we're gonna cool. we're gonna reverse the, you know, uh, first and second heat. You know, mm -hmm. Any of that kind of stuff. It's like, you know what? If it's not a big championship race, let's have some fun with it. And to your point, if you, you know, at a certain level, you should have some skills to where you got to be mindful of the newbie and Absolutely. anticipate this guy's going to do something weird or turn in early or whatever, break early. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to kind of dovetail in some of the, the skill sets with yeah. like, I got to be careful, right? You know, to finish first, first, I got to finish. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's fun too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Billy Cleveland mentioned that too. It's like, even on practice days, it's like, as the experienced driver, it's my job. Totally. To get around everybody else. Yeah. Because I'm the one with the experience. This guy, you don't know who you're with. It could be a Paul Bonilla. It could be someone who's just starting out for the first time. Mm -hmm. It's my job to get around these guys without, you know, yeah, you can do the old slide job on them. But if they go, oh, sh and they end up in the fence, well, that's not very cool yeah. for the new guy on right. a practice day. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's. The guys are trying to get around the joint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got to be aware. And like you said, kind of having all those skill sets of. If you're going to be starting 30th and you've been hanging out inside the top five for your entire, you know, career. Well, so you're, um, yeah, you do the worlds. I mean, how's the weekend go though? Yeah. So in one of the practice sessions, carry two, those tracks over there are fast. And they especially, look like it. And especially in a, in, a, in a DD2. They look like F1 tracks for a go kart. Right. Right. It, yeah, all mid to top. Yeah. Very little low. And it was one of these, uh, a long straightaway dog leg and then a decreasing radius first turn. And I just carried too much speed and uh, put a wheel off. And it was one of those that had like a scary hill that went down an abyss where you don't know where it ended up oh, after. Man. And I took a ride. I think it was like second or third practice session. Went down this embankment. Oh, wow. Rocks into the radiator, punctured the radiator. Like... Oh, yeah, it was... And you come in and they go, here's some duct tape and some gum. That's what you get. <laughs> it's interesting because you go to the... Uh, they have a, a parts department to, you know, you, you go check in there, you take the piece, they inspect it, and they give you a new one. 
after you hand them a credit card. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you know. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, I just bought a, you know, whatever, $300, you know, Rotax D2 radiator. It's like, okay. So yeah, lost some time in practice. And then one of the three heat races got into it with someone who we, uh, I don't know if it was a tie rod or broken steering. It wasn't more than a steering column because I would drive with that. But I think it was a broken tie rod or something and just had to pull off and take a 33rd, which is bad. That sucks. Are, are they the same way as, say, Supernats, where you qualify and you, you end up staying in the same spot every time? Or is it uh, you, you move Whoever up? Whoever you finish, yeah. you start. You remember how that? Uh, yeah, format? I think it's I think it's points, right? Okay. Where you they average, and then you start. You either continue on to the main. So no, I, I was wrong on. So it's n- people from ninety different countries, and it's seventy. I think there were seventy two in in masters, if you can believe that. Wow, that's awesome. And so, and obviously, the main is going to be thirty three, thirty five, or right. whatever. They got to mm-hmm. they got to cut it down. They got to cut it down. Yeah, so, yeah, long story short, it was one of those where I ended up in the LCQ out of 30 guys starting, like, 21st, Oof. and they only took the first six. Of course they did. And <laughs> and it was short. Like, you would think, okay, well, give us, like, 15, 20 laps to sort it out. No, it was, like, it was like uh, 10 or 11. I was short. 10 wow. or 11 laps. Really quick. So math is against you already. Yeah, it was yeah. totally, yeah. But I, it was one of those where I went from 21st to, like, 11th or 9th i can't remember it was one of those where i was just a few spots off mm. the transfer mm. and you know when, when the weekend started the week started out i was like six tenths off the fastest guys and then by the lcq i was like two tenths off mm. i was like oh, damn wow. mm-hmm. too late you know yeah, yeah. is there thinking back on it because whenever i think about the big events and i find out or i look back on where i finished and and how i ran I kind of go back to, and actually this is absolutely the case at the Challenge of the Americas when I was running both 100cc and GP. I look back on the GP events, and at the end, I think about what I know at the end of the Cal Speed round, what could I have done better at Phoenix, you know? Did you do the same thing? Like, is there anything I could have done in the States during the regular season to have oh, learned something? Just reflecting? Yeah, yeah. and I like carry that in. Like, I could have prepared better or learned something, or... Is this one of the, because you say two tenths off. Okay. So you got better by four. What about the last two? Or is it just like you had said earlier, had I been able to go there the week prior or, you know, that, is it more about that kind of preparation? Not, not during the regular season where you got the ticket. Yeah. We all learn at a different pace in different ways. You know, I mean, part of me is like, I mean, I'm decent on a computer. I'm decent technology wise. I just never really delved into doing you know, harvesting my own data and really interpreting it. Um, it's always been, you know, either Josh Huff or, you know, Cameron Joss and other people who have, you know, you've seen people on data, like click, drop, click, drop, this, that, yeah. you know, they get it done really quick. And like me, it would just, it'd be so long before you finally get it figured out or you just put it off. I'm just going to try to figure out when I get home, which right. is different than when you're there between sessions. Like, yep. okay, I see this, make this change now. Yeah. So that would have helped a bit to make up for the lack of, like local experience and track knowledge a little bit at the world's. Um, well, I guess the other, other thing too, is, I mean, you have all this racing that you did in the States and granted smaller to big events. How much do you feel like you learned in that one weekend or the one week of racing that you did over in Europe? Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, that you were like, holy shit. Some of, I'm sure some stuff was kind of a wake up call, but other stuff was like, never thought about doing it that way, you know, getting exposed to other, other carding yeah i mean they're definitely a little bit more ruthless over there Mm -hmm. you know and and, you know we talk about it here with guys especially the old timers 
who, if you notice who you race with them, they'll never, ever, ever look back, right? And, you know, that's different schools of thought. And I understand each side of it. But if you look at some of the international racing, Mm -hmm. these guys will look over the shoulder four or five times down the straight and counter move and counter block each time. So they're looking for just full on, like, I'm just going to block you. I'm going to block you. Just blunt stuff or just move all the way over, just smack. I mean, like, they're, they're not shy about it. You know, here, I don't know if it's, we're a little bit either, I'm going to say more polite, but maybe the rules have been a little bit more hardcore here about contact. Uh, yeah, I would say, and also the rules, like I want to say that uh, over there, that sounds like reactionary block. As long as you only do it once, it's okay. Yeah. Whereas over here, I think if you look over your shoulder and you lay a block down, you're going to get, you know, at least a warning or something from there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's my, it might've changed a little bit in the last few years. Um, to mimic more because you're hearing a lot more, unless I'm wrong, I don't remember hearing Formula One as much 20 years ago, 25 years ago about the moves and the blocking and the one move, you know, yeah, right. off the racing line and back on or what have you. But it seems like maybe they're taking that down to the karting level a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've raced against, you know, Euros and South Americans that just like, just want to kill them at the end of the race because you're like, <laughs> really? You're looking and blocking me that much? Yeah. Right. You know, um, just total in your face, yeah. just gnarly stuff. I've always felt like the defensive driving is fine. If you pick a defensive line or whatever, or you get creative right. and you're not looking over your shoulder, hey, good on you, mate. Well done. Yeah. But if you, if I made the move and you come over, especially if there's contact, now that's next level. But if you come over and like, I've made the move and you look and you get it, mm, no, yeah. that's that's not cool. Like you said, you get done and you're like, ah, oh, I'm not a fan of yours. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I've had some great races. Uh, you know, uh, Cleveland's really good at driving a defensive line just perfectly in the middle. Yeah. You know? Right where you, you want still, to be. Still fast enough. Oh, to, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. See, that's the art right there. The art is, you know, because we can all drive defensively and lose three tenths, four tenths. Right. And then mm-hmm. you're, you're like, you know, you're going to get attacked within two or three laps by everybody. Yeah, or the people that, you know, if you can make a pass and be offline and exit and still carry the same speed and not lose any time. Oh, that's, I love that. That's amazing, Man. you know. Yeah, I, I can't remember who we were talking to. Um, God, it might have been Matty J. It might have been Matty J talking about Giebler, where Giebler had put a move on him. Oh, like and, uh, Matt would go for it and Giebler would counter. And Giebler, like the amount of speed that Giebler would carry on the yeah, counter is just like, insane. You know? See ya. It's like, how did you? That's not even possible. But right. you would do it. Right. It's awesome when you can see that. Sounds like a sounds like your biggest rival and friendly rival that has been has been Crow. You know, majority of the times you've been on track battling for the front row, or maybe you know a little bit further back, he's been right there with you though. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it went on for like ten years, and that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know. N- not even necessarily having to share information, you know, sometimes you just kind of gleam and you, you you can tell the direction people are going, but actually, no, not, not too much because, you know, he's a tall, so you got the tall skinny drivers with their seats. Different dynamic. Yeah. yeah, Their seats laid back a little bit more. You know, I raced quite a bit against uh, Robbie Mott, Mm -hmm. another tall driver, uh, Mike Mottner, you know, um, yeah, Steve's rollers plenty. you know, Travis Irving, these guys, to me, it's always miraculous, you know, especially if they're overweight a little bit. You know, Travis has always been really fast mm-hmm. um, and tough, but, you know, we can't use our setup. We're lower center right, of gravity, right. lower, you know, different seat position. Yeah. You know, 
So to be able to skin a cat differently, but then arrive at, like I said, Crow and I would end up, it, it was uncanny. We could be anywhere in the country, you know, Shawnos and Tenniel, Oklahoma City, um, you know, everywhere at nationals. And it's like, hey, dude, what's up? <laughs> right? That's right. so we, funny. We qualified, you know, within a couple hundreds of each other and not necessarily up front, you know, it could be mid pack, it could be wherever. You, you know. guys are even. Yeah, even. So a few of the older, uh, old school guys and um, the three that come to mind are you, Crow, and Matty J have the higher posture on the wheel hmm. is that an old school thing because oh, of the yeah, air you, cooled you're trying not to hit i mean doing the yamahas and stuff back in the day you weren't trying to hit the top of the motor or you think it's just coincidence yeah to, and, and to add to that too uh like i used to like and matt does this as you say they they're right you're right up there on the top right, right? the the arc so the arc of the steering wheel only gets flat on the top and you guys are right towards the end of the flat I can't. I can't even come close to controlling the go kart like that. And I've I'm done watching. A, I've done it a few times just to mess around. I'm like, I don't know what that. No, it's impossible. On. You guys, <laughs> it's voodoo magic. I don't know yeah. how you guys because John Crow. I'll, I'll race against John Crow, and he's doing that. And like even the 206. Same right? deal, yeah. And I have to be nine and three. If I'm not nine, or maybe just a nat's ass up on nine and three. How? how yeah. <laughs> what? It, where is that from? Do you know? Yeah. No. It's definitely from that that era of the 90s and. I think I remember uh, I'm trying to recall, you know, who would tell us about it or talk about it. But I think there was a, a time where we would put carts all on scales, on four scales, what have you, and sit in the cart and play around with, okay, put your hand here, turn the wheel and watch the loading. Now put your hands way up here. Uh, and, you know, the belief, I guess, was the transference of, you know, right, left to left rear, left front to right how rear. How much leverage you're putting into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something about the, how it, transfers actually this may be really good so i'm testing on saturday right mm -hmm. you drive all day like that um <laughs> well uh, i've i've notoriously have happy hands like i i always put too much the times hand. that i've just messed around doing it it's slowed my hands down a bit yeah but it's just it's a it's a change it's I'm, a tough change yeah it's about comfort right what yeah. you're used to doing you know i i wonder if that would be yeah i want to try it. well and part of it might be you know just a simple thing of up on the wheel to do that you're kind of a little bit more forward and you're putting more weight forward and you're putting more weight forward that thing's just going to turn better so yeah. that might be a bigger part of it that's you know which is interesting because because i drive a a 2020 otk mm -hmm. and then you could look into the corner things gonna cut right, right? right so i need to dial it down so i move my hands up to dial it down but now the counter of maybe i'm further forward so this yeah. is interesting yeah i i hadn't really thought about that and you know what i just think back to the old you know the old school region seven yeah, you, know, you look at pictures of people up on the wheel. It's just like an attack pose. It just it looks is, like you're sure. like you're you're going to get after it. Looks super aggressive. You know. Yeah. Last thing I want to do is look back and see Matt Johnson on the wheel like that. I was like, oh god, here he comes. Yeah. <laughs> you just see knuckles. <laughs> right. <laughs> I used to see it all the time with John. I'm like, well, luckily he does that all the time. So I don't know if he's attacking or relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can tell. I mean, he goes from like the the slight crouch to the big crouch. That's how I know he's really getting after it. Um, he's always got that tuck going on. The other uh, the other thing Matt uh, had mentioned in the text earlier was, uh, you know, again he was just giving kudos to you, and he said one of the cool things uh, was that you were able to beat him and PRD Senior, 
his dad and masters in the same year. Yeah. And LKC. Yeah, well, let's fast so forward. He, what, what year is that? I can tell you. For, 14. 14. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so you know it right Oh, I wasn't sure why I wanted to bring it up, but yeah. A, a three yeah, no, year range of when it was out was here. It, yeah. That was two, epic. I mean, really. 2014, you're running two classes. 2014, running two classes. Um, and is LKC, and I want to say back in the day when they're like 200 some odd entries. Like the classes are PRD pretty, had a big field. PRD was yeah. the shit at the time, and I'm gonna add something to that. We'll talk about later, but the uh, the PRD P- race here, the for Pan Am, the, Pan Am Cup. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, we'll come back to that. But I mean, PRD was the thing there for a few years, and in 2014, you ran two classes then, senior and masters, senior and masters. So I think I had the old 09 bent up cart for masters. Don't t- nah, that just rub salt in the wound, mate. And then <laughs> and then I had like a maybe a 12 for senior, and uh, masters always get the second fiddle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but no, I mean it's 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 a great story and it's a great time because you know first arriving and it, it, this is all like you know flash forward, flash back, um, arriving to Adams in like 90 whatever 394 you know watching watching ron chartow mike johnson um a bunch of uh you know a bunch of the old timers from back then wheel it you know and even watching races were and and they weren't just running masters i mean it was you know mike johnson racing against matt his son because there's no masters yet right right? you could do light heavy yeah but it was all in super box so everyone decided you know what i just want to race where you know because it's low horsepower everybody could run together Mm it doesn't matter your age you're adding or taking away weight right or changing pipes (laughs) but um and then i mentioned ron chartel because back in the 90s ron if anything about my career wanted to emulate it's like some of these old timers Ron would race super box and a super stock read class. So two carts just out of the back of his truck or whatever by himself, no tuner um, and race two classes and, you know, do fairly well in, in both of those. So we're at 2014 LAKC. We're front row there. Um, I forget how I got the pit spot, but it's sandwiched between Colton Herta Ron Chartow with his son. Ryan, yeah. And then Ryan, right. And then, uh, so it was kind of like an old school thing. And then Mike Johnson comes back after not racing that I'd seen for, you know, a a decade or two. Yeah, I want to say when uh, Matty J did the Smoke and Fast deal. I think it was right around then, yeah. 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 So he came back and did, did, uh, you know, PRD. And so I was with uh, uh, Jason Hedervick and and, uh, Terry Nash, because Hedervick was building motors over there. So it was a, a part of that you know, Nash operation and Hedervick's motors were just crazy fast. And yeah, we, we had some good races there. Um, and I mean, on average, you know, Matt was faster. I think Zimmerman was out a couple times, a few others. Um, but it was just one of those of try- me trying to stay out of trouble and, you know, won some races here and there. Um, Who were you pit with? Uh, by myself. Okay. And Hedervick would help. Uh, he was there for, you know, most of the races, but mostly just work, worried about his motors and gear and what have you. And, you know, making some suggestions on tuning. But I think I remember like a race or two where he couldn't be there. So I was just solo, two mm. carts, two classes, Man. you know, up against all these others. So that that was cool. Um, you know how you make that a little easier? 
one cart, two classes. <laughs> yeah, two yeah. sets of wheels. Trust. Well, yeah, I thought about yeah. that, but then you're changing gear. You're yeah, changing no, no, everything. dude. Oh, that's yeah. right. No, the I'm weight telling you, yeah. I, I did it. It's Lead. a terrible idea. Yeah. yeah. Nope. You needed two carts. So uh, yeah, no, it was it was a good battle, and it's just ironic that it worked out to where you know Mike was racing in masters and Matt was racing in senior, and I never really thought I was going to win senior. Like I said, it was a combination of some good races that I lucked out. You know, either Matt broke or what, however it worked out to where, you know, to, to win them both, to go to that LAKC banquet. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And have them both up, uh, you know, on stage and, you know, taking the, uh, the awards out. That was pretty cool. Did they do a master's first and then senior? Cause that'd have been cool. You go, you go up there, you get the master's one. You're like, Hey, you remember that old guy? <laughs> I think yeah, it, from I, five minutes ago, he's back yeah, up here. Yeah, he's back up here, <laughs> Maddie J. What? <laughs> yeah. That's that's something else. And uh, you know what's fun about that whole thing is that we all, uh, I, Paul, I don't think you got a chance because you, you hadn't done 206 yet, but I got a chance to share the track at the same time with both Mike and Maddie J um, in 206. Oh, wow. And it was a blast. I mean, it was a really good, we had, uh, they were there. Uh, we had, uh, Freckleton was out there. Seth mm-hmm. Nash, I believe was out there all the same race. And I want to say, I think I said it before, both, both Mike and Matt wreck each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It, they happen to find each other. Yeah. They ended up finding each other. You, you showed up a little bit later in that, in that game. Um, and talking about that 206 stuff, that's when I first got a chance to, to run on track with you. And, I have to ask you, I'm I'm running for a championship. I want to say this is 17, 17 right? I think it's 2017. I'm, I'm running with, uh, we have our CSK racing team we're doing. I'm also doing the KPX stuff up north, but uh, John Crow's running for Baldozier. Mm. He's running the entire championship. I'm running the entire championship. Um, and I got uh, Mark Connell, who's running our tents, also running the entire championship. And then kind of out of nowhere, <laughs> Paul Bonilla shows up, and I just get giddy. I'm like, ooh, it's already badass. I'm running with Crow, but Paul Bonilla's here. This is sick. How did that whole, you've been talking about, you like the horsepower, like the fast, how did the 206 thing happen? You know, and and as you were saying that, I was trying to remember whose 206 I even drove. I don't know if it was, (laughs) I don't. I want to say it was RLVs. They hit you up to get ready for this showdown. Oh, you're right. The Phoenix showdown or whatever. You're right. You're right. Thank God you're here. <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah, right. The Alzheimer's hasn't set in. Yet. Right, right. <laughs> nice. The, 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 yeah, that that was the Phoenix one they did, right? Correct. And I actually, yeah, I did that with. Uh, oh, you cleaned shop there, uh, Giamara. <laughs> And yeah, it was Vasquez. Well, yeah, I wanted to race senior, but they're like, no, we need to put you in master. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. But, um, but you, like, you did the tune-up two here. Classes? <laughs> two classes? Yeah, yeah, I know. I wanted to do two classes. Yeah. Um, that's, so you're right. It was on the, you know. So that's that's why you're out here running. You were doing a tune-up for the, for the showdown. Yeah, it was that. But I mean, I showed interest anyways, just because, you know, anything that John would do, I'd be like, oh. John's over there racing without me. No, you never did shifters. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a whole other level. He saw John go to shifters like, idiot. Freaking John would be out here. I, we need a John Crow episode yeah. so bad. John Crow, if you ever listen to anything we ever do, get over here so we can do that. But yep. guy would be in at LKC 206, X30. Two, and shifters. Ma- yeah. Two. And then X30 in and between. Three classes, 206, right. X30, and shifter 175, I think it was at yeah. the time. Unbelievable. Uh, you yeah, know what? Full Iron Man. Um, 
as as somebody who runs the you know again right now you just got done doing pad takers with the GP the higher horsepower stuff. What made you want to cut down to the two hundred six, and what what did drive you to it? And it couldn't have just been because old Johnny Crow's doing it. Yeah, no, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, remember I was saying earlier that karting has gone through. It's you know. It, we go through a, hey, more horsepower, faster this, faster that, and then, oh, wait, let's consolidate, let's go, you know, slower, less power, you know, spec. So it it, it meanders, right? It, 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 it ebbs and flows, and, um, and it's really just, yeah, it's about the competition. You know, obviously, there's a bunch of nobodies racing, you know, whatever class, who cares, but you start to get, I remember the money race where, uh, where Matt Johnson raced against Drew, and this last turn here, the decreasing, yeah, and, and, yeah, and you guys couldn't put enough enough uh, cones out because people just kept chopping the inside. <laughs> right. and obviously, that's how Matt got them. <laughs> right, but um, yeah, it's uh, just really the competition. It don't matter what it is if it's got a motor on it. If you got some good guys out, you know. But definitely, the tighter racing was it was interesting, you know. Um, and yeah, had I just wanted to come do the tater diggers. <laughs> well, it ended up being a freaking blast uh, getting a chance to race with you. Again, Crow and I have been running for a while, uh, Mark Connell, who was running with us. Um, and you did more than one race. You did more than one race. There was, uh, the first race, I think it was kind of, uh, okay, you're kind of figuring things out and whatnot. And I remember, um, I don't think Crow was here for that one because no. Mark, Mark and I link, were teammates, and we linked up, and we were gone. Right. Um, and you were third, but no drafting partner, They're no right. help. Just on a Paul Bonilla Island, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> learning, learning the, the the thing, and the amount of uh, working together that you do in the in the four stroke game, and how beneficial that can be, right? Right. But the second time that come around, I don't know, I can't remember why, but Mark Connell's not in the conversation either. He's not there, or something happened, and he's further back. But it's myself, John Crow, and the Paul Bonilla there. And it's a hundred percent Paul Bonilla and John Crow against me, right? And you you tell me afterwards, and I felt it at the time. But you tell me afterwards, <laughs> it was hundred percent on purpose <laughs> to, to take you down. Yeah, so you just reminded me of why. Yeah, part of it was like, okay, I see you guys out here having fun, and I mean, I knew you ran the place. I didn't know how much you raced. I didn't know your history. And remember, just last week, I was like, oh, you know, I was talking about Pat's Acres, how amazing. And asked if you had been up there. And Andy's like laughing, going, he's from up there. I'm like, oh, okay. So obviously, you know, and we talked about this earlier, is like, you know, people for years kind of at the, you know, acquaintances at the track, but because you're racing against them or whatever, you're not going to really, you know, you don't strike up a full-on friendship. You're not right? going to have a cup of tea with them, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so then I saw you racing and doing fairly well. And I'm like, okay, I need to go play with in this guy's backyard and, you know, see what you got. And then I realized that actually I watched a few races because we were here. We we're just racing different classes, right? Um, and seeing John actually have to really work to beat you and, and race with you. So I was like, oh, okay, I need to you know get a get a piece. Need to have a taste. There's of that. anybody? Yeah. yeah, there's anybody who knows John Crow, right? right. It's Paul Bonilla, right? Right. So I was like, okay, that that was really the impetus for wanting to come race. And then once we got on track, and I realized, all right, well, if I'm gonna because as you said, you know, a drafting partner or someone to work with, you know, it became apparent that you have to, you know, and in any of these low horsepower, especially all 206. So it was pretty obvious. I'm like, I know how I'm going to help. So we basically, yeah. Bloody favoritism. Yeah. I ended up having to park you and throw a net over you and, 
and then let John get away. And I was fine with, you know, finishing second because I'm, you know, I, well, okay, honestly, he paid me some cash to, <laughs> to park you. So, did he really? Just kidding. Uh, no, that, no, no. that was a good sell. <laughs> no, good. I'm kidding. John's okay. like, I got 20 bucks in my pocket. With your I'll name tell you on right, right now. now. Uh, yeah, we, we were actually all, uh, beforehand, we were kind of joking about uh, like, I, I remember the race and I, I'm going for a championship or, or at least I'm trying to go for big points. And I, I'm struggling. I, I'm pushing to try to get past Paul because it's John, Paul, me. And I finally get around Paul. And then I'm like, all right, time to go to work. I need to try to get John. In the as soon as I get around Paul, the very next opportunity, he just, <laughs> as you say, sends it, park, net. And we end up racing hard for like the next several corners because Paul's not letting any of this go. And John ends up pulling out like this lead. And I remember on some straightaway, I look back at just a full on turnaround. <laughs> I look at, at Paul and I'm like, Thanks. You son of a bitch. <laughs> you awesome. did that on purpose because I know the relationship too. And, uh, and sure enough, yeah, you're like, yeah, I can't leave. I'm definitely working on his side. Right. Oh, awesome memory. It was a lot of fun. That's what is so cool about the 206 as well. Is that it is so much about the craft. It is so much about that uh, side to side and racing hard. To add on to it, though, is how many different people brought in. Oh, yeah. You for know, sure. like we talked about that with race and everybody because it was, it started off uh, run what you have. Mm. And, um, you know, it got more competitive. Chassis started coming around and stuff like that. But shifter drivers, some old school, you know, car yeah. guys came out. It just, it was a, a breed of uh, a lot of different people out there it was pretty fun well and not only that uh like you said uh, people from all different levels and you got you know john crow and maddie J, paul over here like 125 top tier drivers coming back and doing 206 stuff and john has said it multiple times matt did as well mm -hmm. they learned things from the 206 that they were able to apply to shifters where they were able to apply to other things and in their drive about being smooth and carrying the most out of stuff uh, when you were doing the 206, when you came out of it, because again, you were doing it for fun, but also kind of tuning up for the showdown, again, 206, did you carry anything or did you learn anything from the 206 that you were able to apply and, and maybe improve in the other stuff? Or did you think about stuff differently too? Right, yeah. Hmm. He's like, no, it, it held me back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't recall that I was able to transfer much. And again, you know, because we had done a lot of different horsepower stuff, you right. know? I mean, yeah. Well, you know what? Think about it. A 206 has got more torque than, say, like a, a sportsman or, or a, um, yeah, a super sportsman, which is even slower than a super box uh, or senior sportsman, however they say it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, really the biggest thing is just carry speed, don't overflow, right. you know? Um, but fortunately, like I said, from the past, that was kind of already there. I can see other people who just got in and bought a 125. Um, you know, cause let's face it, uh, there hadn't really been any hundred CC worth racing until the, the new ones showed up, right? Like the K and the VLR. So, um, there's many people that missed that whole boat. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, fortunately I came from enough of the old school and obviously there's people way, way back before me, but, um, that I got a chance to do some at low horsepower. So it was really just kind of plugging back into that way, right. of, way of driving and thinking. Yeah. Now, that it, when, when you already have a little bit of something you can kind of fall back on, it's one thing. If you've only been doing the higher horsepower stuff, I think that's where maybe the light switch can start to come on. And I think with uh, with both John and Matt, 
having done stuff in the past, it was kind of like, oh, right. But now, like, okay, how can I apply that in a different way? Yeah. Um, we're talking about all the different kinds of stuff that you've you've done over the years and the successes you've had. Uh, we talked about, you know, that <laughs> a double championship at LAKC against both, uh, both Johnson's Mike and Matt. But also, you know, you've, you've won Supernats, you've gone to the Worlds, and you continue to be a front-running Masters driver on a regular basis. What drives you now uh, and to, to, to go out and race, other than it's, it's a good time, but what are your goals and what are your thoughts, and what do you look at the calendar and be like, I want to do that? Because I'll be honest with you, I didn't see it challenge, and it, it, it hurt me on the insides. I was like, oh, I want to race with Paul. and you're not. But then you did do uh, Cali Rock. You're doing Cali Rock right now. Um, and I think this is a good segue into talking about Pat's Acres, but how do you choose what you're going to do every year and what drives you? Yeah, no, I mean, so the challenge, you know, I've been doing it for 10 plus years and obviously with Andy, it was always a, an important stop. Um, you know, I, it was just maybe a change a little bit. Um, you know, there's been years where budget was a little bit of an issue for sure. Um, years where, uh, yeah, just family stuff. You know, there's always, there's always a reason. Um, and quite honestly, like I don't thaw out from the cold, you know, January, you know, and, and granted it doesn't, you know, snow and you know, it's not like people are laughing at us here yeah. in Southern California, yeah. but cold in quotations, cold, right. cold in quotations. <laughs> Although, you know, we've been to, um, Tucson in January okay. where yeah. like going down, like, where in the morning, it was, you know, 26 degrees and people's motors were, you know, froze. They're right. The, uh, what do you call it? The impellers have yeah, fallen off. The, the water wow. pump deal. Yeah. I mean, just crazy stuff. And then going down the straightaway for morning warm up, where it's got to be only like 32, 33. And, you know, realizing, oh, I got to put on like rubber gloves underneath your racing gloves because your fingers are going to fall off, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I've, I have plenty of times during the year where either it's too hot in the summer and I'm just going to go back and surf and do stuff by the beach and I don't, I'm not here for three, four months or yeah, in the winter, if it's real cold, I mean, yeah, we've been to snowboarding, we've done winter sports. So some of it is just the ebb and flow of like, okay, kind of overcarding for a little bit, you know, and then come back, uh, you know, mixed in with budget. Cause it's, it's amazing. You don't race for a few months and like, you know, you can like take a trip to Europe with the <laughs> <Right>? family. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can buy a new car, yeah. you know. Um, and, you know, we can say these things now because we've been at it long enough to where, right? You know, it's 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 one thing if you're in your first five years of racing, you're not going to miss a single weekend, a single championship, a single whatever. But right. having done a little bit of everything, so you know what? As far as the, the moving forward, it's a on a case by case, race by race basis. Um, it's a it's, whatever looks fun to you. Exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say fun. Um, you know, we didn't bring it up much earlier, but, um, I've road raced on and off throughout the years. I mean, my first road race was probably like 97. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. You know, there was a SCK, which was the Southern, you know, component or partner to NCK, Northern California Carters, Southern California Carters. Um, the, uh, Kunzi family was always really big in that. Oh, neat. Um, Kyle and, uh, his, uh, I can't remember if it's his aunt or who, but, um, I mean, they were, you know, members of the club and made rules and raced and lay downs, you know, there's a, a you know, same thing with the, the white family, Ron white. The first time I ever met Ron white was at a road race. Mm. Um, so there was plenty of crossover there. Um, 
that was really fun. You know, I mean, like Jeremy Drew, there are plenty of the racing families would do some of both, you know, but just a little bit of road racing, obviously sprint is what it's all about, yeah. but, but it's fun, you know, and then this last, you know, five, eight years, it's been kind of like a bucket list of hitting tracks, right? Mm. So I took uh, Ed Quinn to uh, Laguna Seca a couple of years ago. Um, and it's funny, the reason I wanted to go is because I looked like Jim Russell Jr., um, numerous like big names had gone to Laguna Seca. And we started hearing that like, yeah, they're, you know, every year it's like, we don't know if they're going to close it down. We don't know about the noise ordinance. Right. You know, this might be the last year the carts run there. So I was like, okay, we, we, we got to go. I mean, yeah. Time's running out. Yeah. I mean, to come down the corkscrew in a cart is unbelievable. You know, I mean, just even a Rotax without a, without a gearbox mm-hmm. coming down that thing. I mean, you accelerate fast, you know, and I remember the shifters, some of them were doing like 139s uh, without getting into the ICCs, like regular, you know, Honda ones. I, I took both the DD2 and my regular uh, 125 and raced them both. And I got down to like 141s. Uh, talking about lap time. Lap time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Minute 41s, like just a couple seconds off a full shifter. Yeah. Um, and then like one high 142s and a regular 125 single speed. That's wow. Like, Dude, why did they even bring the DD2? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> just more track time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a great race with uh, with Ed on one where like it was at the start finish line, like I just nose to nose. That's cool. And, yeah, and that's cool. And he actually got me on one. That was really really cool. Did Sonoma big track. Um, have done uh, obviously way back in the day. Um, there was one called the, there was a race called the Im- something Invitational. Gosh, I forget. It was all KPV and uh, for road race. It was ro- well, no, it was actually. It was the three disciplines. So it was, or whatever. I mean, it was sprint at the Willow sprint track one day. Next day it was Big Willow. And the third day it was Streets of Willow. Okay. Oh, neat. That's kind of cool. A race with like Buddy Rice, Jeremy Drew, Robbie Mott, myself. I can't remember if, if Matt was out there, Johnson. I believe Chad Turner. I mean, it was like a, a bunch of old schoolers, but good names. I remember... I forget, I don't know how it happened, but Buddy Rice and Robbie Mott, some way, somehow ended up like half a lap down, whatever happened. And you're not supposed to bumper push in road racing, but these two hooked up for like, of this 30 minute race for like 20 some odd minutes. And they bumper pushed to where, I mean, they were picking up like, I don't know how much in lap time, but a lot to where the front group of like 15, 18 of us, they were way back there. And they caught us. And I forget where everyone ended up. I didn't win any of those, but um, like they were in the mix. Like it was impressive. That's seriously. cool. Well, and I mean, I'll tell you on the bumper push, I mean, that was one of the things with the 206 deal, at least out here at Cal Speed. If you didn't do it, you're, you're not going to catch. Yeah. You know, right. I remember uh, <laughs> Matty J, I've said it before, he used to talk about trying to Break up Mike Smith and his homeboy. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, attach, attach at the hip. Yeah, Derek and I would link, man, and we, we you're going to go faster, especially right. if you know how to do it well. Yeah, if, especially if you know how to do it well. So you, you you got a chance to do a bunch of different stuff with, like again, the road racing and trying out these different things. Again, the bucket list of tracks and different things. And we talk about Pat's Acres. So Pat's Acres, yeah, that's where I started as a kid uh, back in the mid '90s. And it's gone through a couple of different changes. Uh, the the old river turn is now completely different. Than it used to be. Yeah. Um. They did a repave. Or uh, yeah, repave the whole thing. They've done a bunch of different stuff. But that was was that the first time you'd been there, ever. First time you've been there, and I think you do halfway decent. 
Yeah, did okay. Did okay with my 2014 Donny Gun. Oh man. <laughs> good, good. Did you did you go race with the Rock GP? On a 2014 Tony Kart, <laughs> did you really? I know I'm a jackass. <laughs> I, I, I get grief for it constantly. Go, going right back to old Matty Jason, you get the most out of the equipment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I or, get it. That, yeah. Or yeah. is it a scenario where we're all wrong? We need to go back and find the most used up 2014 Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> <we can find. laughs> Billy's out there on his nice RPG cart, you know. Like totally, totally. Derek Wang's out Derek there on Wang. his stuff. Like Wang has a cart dispenser. He just pulls the one yeah, off exactly. out, of, out of the yeah. dispenser each time. Man, each, each session. so nice. But no, it sounds like they had the wrong equipment. <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah, Billy, like his qualifying times were like three, four tenths faster. He went pull both times. Yeah, pull both times. He said he was hooked up for quality. Yeah. Which I guess you know could be a good thing or a bad thing, right? Right. Um, but yeah, no, it was amazing track. Uh, the 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 destination, just you know, getting out of SoCal, you know, being out up there in the forest. You know, I yeah. said in an interview with with Sean Burr, just you know, you can take a deep breath in and your lungs don't hurt. You know, um, <laughs> right? And um, yeah, just the setting and the track, and I mean the amount of grip. So whatever they did with that new surface, yeah. Um, I remember. Uh, uh, Chris uh, Egger saying that because yeah we spent more on the repaving that we did than when we bought this track. I believe it. Wow, hundred percent. So yeah, but I mean the fact that you're busy all the time on that track, not much of a straightaway, and you know I I do my my running, you know do some surfing cardio. I did some weights and whatever, and I was out here with Billy a couple uh, Wednesdays in a row before we left. I thought that was plenty. Mm-mm. Got there. Yeah. I was knuckle dragging by Saturday, like literally, I mean, drinking a few Red Bulls, a bang, <laughs> doing like, you know. So I'm trying to stay ahead of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, some ibuprofen. It's just like losing the grip like a newbie, you know, yeah. like someone having to remind you. It's fine. Yeah. Casey, K- Casey down the straight, you know, he's doing the flags and he's like, yeah, I was giving you the signs, like losing your grip <laughs> on the steering wheel. I'm like, I didn't look that bad, did I? I mean, it's, but I mean, yeah. It's, we a, were. it's a busy joint. It really is. And this this rubber now is, you know, this Levanto is probably, you know, pretty close to an Avinco. It lays it down, though. Yeah. It, it yeah. lays it down. I think the Avinco sure. peels more and we get more marbles. Yeah. But the Levanto lays it Just down. Just sticks, yeah. 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 So, yeah, uh, it was physical. It was fun. It was, uh, yeah, we kind of got into it on track a little bit. There was a little bit of... <laughs> shenanigans but like you know we're all good we're we're uh you know there, there's a respectful group of guys we can race hard and and uh you know rub wheels and you know you know we have to send it here and there but hopefully not send anyone mm-hmm. off you know yeah um but yeah no it was a, a great race weekend it was you know kudos to uh to the, the you know the crc and 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 andy Saysman for choosing to go up there it was a, a bucket list track and yeah you know it, it, a little bit of a bummer because a lot of people had agreed to go. Mm. Um, and I know there's a confluence of events, you know, the Canadian thing. Um, there was some, a lot of Canadians were supposed to come. And I know they have some quarantine thing where right, they go right. back. It's a mess. There was an overlap of a road race thing for some reason that came out of left field and, you know, some other stuff. I think NOLA was coming up. So, I mean, it's, it's tough to get these schedules to work out to where you can get everybody to show up. Mm-hmm. And so he, I think he wants to do it again next year. He's taking a survey. A bunch of us said, yeah, we'll definitely do it, you know? Yeah. I've, I've said before that one of my f- absolute favorite things uh, is being at the cart track early in the morning. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and I mean early, right? Net registration's not open yet, or it's barely open. It's quiet. The sun's coming up. And even here, so here at Cal Speed, right? And it's just that the vibe, that feeling you get like, all right, we're, we're going to have the race day is coming. Here it is. At Pat's Acres, you get the, you got the, the river right there. You got the, the, yeah. the stream next to that. Motocross track. <laughs> they do have a motocross track. Yeah. Yeah. Which here's like 3.7 miles long or something yes. like that. Uh, <laughs> it takes a while. <laughs> uh, Again, here here in uh, here in SoCal, you're not going to have a lot of trees, shade. The vibe there, and I have not had the opportunity to go to some of the other tracks in the on the East Coast, but you go there and it's it's these twists and turns through the trees. You talk about the forest; it's it's a different feel, and it's just birds are chirping. I mean, it's just, it's a different deal, and it's like, damn, I love. The morning at Pat's Acres is pretty badass. No, it is. And it was my first time ever, if you imagine this, after all these years of racing, that uh, we had a camper delivered there and did the full track camp out. Come on, son. Yeah, yeah. So Ed Quinn, myself, and Jason had a uh, a sleeper delivered there. And it's great. So, I mean, to your point, you get up in the morning. It, it was a wake up at six, hobble over to the, I mean, you could use a bathroom in there, but we all, you know, try to be respectful of <laughs> that. nice of you. And <laughs> hobble over to the porta potty, you know, and you hear people starting up their motors way back in the back of the, you know, the camping area, just warming stuff up, getting ready. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cool, really cool experience. And then be able to stay late in the evening, you know, having drinks with friends and yeah. don't have to drive anywhere. You know, yeah, I, I was mean, gonna say, you can take your time and ease out of the day. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. I mean, I, I, I love the creature comforts of being in a hotel, but this had this was a perfect place to do yeah. that. You sure. had the you did the full experience. You talk about at uh, these days it's about you know bucket list, fun, that kind of stuff. I do before we we kind of put a point on that kind of stuff. CRC, uh, you've been you ran. You said you did Button Willow. You went up there. Did you? Do they offer a ticket? Uh, at all, and uh, do you still have like worlds or anything like that still on the old uh, the old list? Yeah, so uh, CRC, uh, it was just confirming with Andy, and he confirming he said that there's a ticket to the Rio. Okay, and then obviously the Rio, a win at the know, Rock that, Rock Vegas, right? Yeah, the Rock Vegas. Um, Got to be specific, which is not at not Rio. Not, not Rio. Rio. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll see how this turns out. Right. Um, is a ticket to the Rock Worlds. Okay. Um, if you win that race. Um, yeah, Worlds is really not so much on my horizon anymore. I mean, it'd be great to do. Um, yeah, so for right now, let's see. Got to go up to Sonoma in a couple weeks and see how we do there. It's uh, pretty close between uh, Billy Cleveland and myself to see who gets the ticket to the Vegas race. And then uh, well, yeah, we'll see. See where we go from there. Um, there's a there's a little bit more in the states that you're trying to do. Going back to your bucket list, though, huh? As far as tracks, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it'd be great to do. Like, gosh, I still haven't done uh, uh, Newcastle. Oh, really? Yeah, never. Even with that. the pro tour stuff and things like that. It just it 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 wasn't on the year that I went. Oh wow. Yeah. So uh, yeah, because when I went, it was uh, Phoenix. Um, yeah, I think my last Supernats was like probably 14, mm. I believe. Is Supernats back on the game? You think about trying to do that? 
Um, it's not n- not currently. Um, but we'll see. Anything's possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Obviously, it's not what you do all the time, so you don't have the X30 package, things like that, right? Right, right. Have to rent. I mean, I, and I've rented a couple times to do. I think I did. Uh, no, I did Pro Tour 2015 or 16. I remember I went with Philipson and uh, with Derek, Derek Burris and that group. Um, but yeah, no, so we'll see. It's just kind of on a case-by-case here moving forward. Um, yeah, I guess it would be nice to do the challenge next year. We'll see how that goes. Um, 100cc, though. <laughs> 100cc. Yeah, right. <laughs> totally selfish. You know what, though? I, I, I think he's going back to Tucson. And I Have you raced Tucson? I have not. Oh, man. That is an, That's what I hear. That is an amazing track. That's what I hear. It, it's kind of road race-ish, you know? Okay. It, it, I mean, you have a you know slower hairpin, but it's it's a fast track. It's definitely fun. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll see. You know, obviously, some club races. I mean, uh, I'm, I've been really just flirting with, and and I'm close to getting a, a 100cc. I was just kind of stuck between, obviously, the K and the VLR, mm-hmm. you know, because thus far, you know, Rock has allowed you to race, you know. Both. Both and bring that K. But, you know, here shortly, I'm sure they'll want to, circle the wagons and just focus on their product. Now that they have enough people, enough, enough motors out there. Um, but then, you know, you pick one or the other and then you're kind of just you know, stuck. You're stuck in that. Yeah. So. Well, and, and to your point about the, the Hunter TC and, and doing the VLR or whatnot, you can do either or at tri C and we talked about it in the current events, uh, that, yeah. you know, this next one I'm going to be running in, in masters and then, uh, in the 206 as well. But, I happen to know that you're talking about also jumping behind the wheel for the next RSE as well. Yeah. Yeah. I will for sure. Well, first of all, before I say this, which motor are you running? Oh, the VLR. Good. Okay. Me too. <laughs> and, uh, and we will be the uh, anomalies in yeah, that group. And, and, and yours, if I'm not mistaken, it's uh, Jim Barry and, and basically Blake's. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jim Barry is the is the guy, and, and they've got a good working relationship with uh, with with Blake, and those guys go back and forth. But yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's Blake from True Tech and, and yep. Jim Barry. Yeah, and, and Jim Jim's awesome. You know, it, it, it's funny because you know there's some there's always overlap. I mean, I know like you we you know circling back to what you said earlier, v, um, RLV, and getting me into the the two hundred six and on their chassis. You know that was. It, there was a big push there a few years ago to try to, you know, build that up. And I mean, it, you guys did it anyways. I mean, you you already were on it, but, um, before you did KPX, they were talking to me about doing masters KPX. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and you know, it, it's not, uh, not for a lack of wanting to do it. It's just more about time and energy. And if you're going right. to go away, cause I mean, some of those tracks, you know, per city and all that, they're, right. they're out there and that's akin to going away to some big championship race too. But, um, yeah, so I, I was actually kind of happy for you and glad that you. Yeah, I didn't know that you took. That. I mean, uh, I, d- I Paul did, know, did you a favor. I did he know that I restarted your racing career. He really did. I basically owe everything to Paul Bonilla. I, I did know no. that I wasn't number one on the list. Well, or it, two. It, yeah, it turns out I was actually probably seventeenth. They yeah. just ran out of uh, phone numbers to call. Like, do we know anybody at all? Uh, but no, it, and I know that part of my issue, right, is I work. All the time, right? And and they actually took a chance by going with me because I can't be there for practice day and stuff like that. So, but no, the fact that you were the uh, the guy that they were thinking of first, and I ended up getting the opportunity, 
Thank you, Paul Bonilla. <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, no, Rod and Art have been really supportive. I mean, there's that core group of guys, you know, Matty J and a bunch of others that, right. you know, we, we date way, way, way back. And Matt's yeah. also run with them before up there at, uh, for the Nationals, I think. For sure, for sure. I mean, that whole Pan Am thing. I know we didn't really talk much about the Pan oh, Am. Oh, right, yeah, PRD the PRD thing. Pan Am. That was such a badass event. It was a badass event. And How, it was how'd a- that go? Uh, Paul Bonilla? Really bad. <laughs> there's badass, and then there's bad as in, like, oh. no, no, I mean, I, I was doing well, but- I think uh, you did well. Yeah, well, it sounds like you remember what happened to me. You heard the story. Yeah. Yeah, so we uh, also did the two carts, also did Masters and Senior. Um, masters, I, you know, uh, got, uh, you know, won the heat races, won the main- and then went into tech, and that was a money raise. That was twenty five hundred bucks to yeah, win. That was a cool deal. And uh, so they called me over and they said we have a problem. I'm like, what? What? What happened? They're all, well, you have an illegal airbox. I'm like, what are you talking about? And they show me the airbox, and these airboxes, you know, they were black and they said RLV on it. But you know, when I was over at the shop with Jason, they had a box just with a bunch of airboxes, and I just grabbed one. He didn't see me grab it. And so I grabbed it. Turns out it was a leopard airbox. It oh, said RLV. And I forget what it is. It's either 30 or 31, 30, whatever the millimeters is yeah. on, yeah. on the. Uh, you but know, there's a difference between the two. On the stacks, on the intake stacks there. And it's like, oh God, I grabbed the wrong airbox. That sucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jason just, he lost his stuff. He's just like, you know, because obviously, you know, when you do certain deals like this with people, you know, come tune for me, we're partner up, you know, yeah, yeah. we'll share some of the, the winning. So it's like, oh man. Yeah. Um, and then in senior raced against Matty J and uh, a few others. God, I want to say even a Jake Craig was in that field. Like, oh, I think so. Yeah. yeah, it was Jake. So yeah. Jake, Matty, I, I think I was running third for a while there. And uh, same airbox. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, the, the correct airbox. And uh, I was in the top three or four, the, the breakaway group. And I was just happy to be there because, I mean, those guys are fast. And it was, yeah. you know. Um, and so, yeah, I had a good race for the most part until a bad bad choice of attempted pass on uh, on Boz and uh, Boswell. Yeah. Took us both out. So, yeah. You know, <laughs> sometimes you're a hero. Sometimes you're the zero. Yeah. But, you know, more times than not, right, the sends work out and you're uh, – you know, successful, you know, but, uh, you know, if you make a mistake, got to own it. My fault, my bad, you know, but the day you stop trying is the day you're done, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, out of all the master's drivers out there, I mean, to be able to go and uh, we talk about, uh, I want to say, Howden and Co., uh, is it is it Ron White they call the ageless one? I want to say it's Ron White. Yeah, I think so. Right? Really? No, I, 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 don't I think, think they call that. him the I think they... It I, is Ron White. I think it's Ron yeah. White. They call it the ageless one because yeah. he keeps running the senior, the S1 class, even though he's definitely a master's level. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't even know how old he is. No ancient. Idea. He's no. definitely ancient. He's like mid-40s, you think? I honestly I have no idea. But yeah. I'd probably say mid-40s. Yeah. Guessing. I don't know. He's there, thereabouts. Paul, yeah. Paul Bonilla age, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, I mean, at the end of the day, if you can go and, and rub elbows with the seniors... And you absolutely can. And honestly, a Billy Cleveland can. I mean, that that caliber. I can't. I'm way, way too fat for that. <laughs> but you guys, to be able to do that, and we're talking about, again, 14, 15, 16 on up and some badasses across the board and be able to actually uh, and beat Matt Johnson in senior and 
run with Jake Craig and run with these guys at the Pan Am deal. Your caliber of talent is, again, why you are one of the absolute best in the Masters category because you're already a pretty solid senior guy. As we go forward, you start looking at those calendars, start looking at those different things you can do. We talk about bucket list tracks and stuff like that. Is there anything on the resume that we're like, ah, I'd like to go, I'd like to go get that. We talk uh, right, world yeah. isn't the deal. Supernats has been a while. Do we see it back to try to I mean we talked about the packages and whatnot, but is there anything you're like, I want to go get that before I just, you know, have some fun. Keep surfing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um yeah, Supernats would be great one of these days again. Um, you know, I, I had plenty of races with uh with Will Power, Kip Foster, you know, I mean, Kip's is the master, you know. Right. Um, you know, Maddie J's done well last few times out there, so it'd be cool to race against them at that level. We'll see. I mean, it looks really tough. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was tough when we were doing it, um, but it's definitely, you know, like anything else, you have a lot of these seniors that have gone over that cusp of 32, 33, 34, right. 35. And they're like, okay, fine, I'll do masters. You know, I mean, Matty J did senior for a long time, and yeah. he's just only recently arrived in masters. Yeah, and he's he's begrudgingly, right? And he it just was, did senior again this last weekend at Newcastle. Yeah. Was, was it Newcastle? Uh, I didn't pay attention. If he did it was, this weekend, but I didn't it was see Pro it. Tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was because so. they were on the road from GoPro. They they were been on the road for like three weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but ironically, so like, you know, like we said earlier, I was gone for five years. When I came back to racing, I you know checked out some races. And I was watching Billy racing pro kart in senior only. Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, oh, I remember uh, that part of the story. That was when he came back the second time. Mm -hmm. And he was, he's like, oh, I got this. And he shows back up. He's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> this is challenging. Well, and it's ironic because, like you just said, the second time, a lot of us had this second time, especially, you know, once you're this age, you're going to have a midlife, you know, something. Sure, yeah. Event. That was his third one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he he was racing. I remember him frustrating like Maddie and some of these other guys, you know, running a senior. Um, I mean, it keeps you quick. You know? Yeah. You know, we all know it's like, oh, really? 30 pounds or whatever? It's like, is it that much? Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Right. You know, I talked to some of these other guys and some guys we have in our pit, whether you know, I'm saying I'm hurting my neck, my shoulder, whatever. And they're like, really? You're hurting? I'm like, well, not to be a dick, but you're like seven tenths off. And... I'm driving a little bit faster. And yeah. and seven tenths, okay, whatever on the stop. I mean, we know it's miles, but you know, away, but people that don't really realize it's like, well, yeah, I mean, that's an extra couple miles an hour in every corner, extra G's, extra loading, extra that. So, you know, when you're when you're going fast, I mean you're gonna feel it. For yeah. sure. You know. So I can just imagine and, and you know what, I haven't raced a competitive one twenty five senior race in a long time. Um, you know, just that extra half mile an hour or whatever, it's that's why, like, I mean, I could go race a, a senior race and probably be like, you know, mid pack or worse because it's like we're just not used to carrying that speed, right? You know, yeah, it's it. Never mind the fact that your brain is also having to get after it, right? Because yeah, you're getting it. And my thought is is that you go from masters to senior as a masters, right? It's kind of like the way I think about the supernats when I went. I've only been once, and it was in the main in the final. It's attack, attack, attack. So you're constantly under attack. In senior, if they know who you are already, like, 
this master's guy, get the hell out of here, right? So they're already attacking, right. but they're attacking anyway. That's the default. Right. So, okay, cutting laps is one thing, mate, but like you said, the the chess match, the awareness, the you, mentally you may get tired before you even get physically tired too. Yeah. Yeah, I know there's, there's a lot to it. And no wonder why you hear these, you know, Formula One drivers, yeah, we work out five hours a day. It's like, wow, I'd be lucky to work out three hours in a week. Yeah, right. Oof. Three hours in a week. I thought you were going to give me at least two. Well, shit, when they got, they got nothing else going on, I guess they got time, right? Yeah. Well, or if it's their check. Fair enough. <laughs> but I mean, for sure, there's something to be said for, you know, whether it be like a couple weeks of surfing, if there's really good waves, you know, because that's cardio. I mean, surfing kicks your butt. It's yeah. like paddling out you gotcha. know, and getting hammered constantly by waves or mountain biking. You know, I never was really that much of a fan of climbing hills after maybe a year of mountain biking. You start to get into the fitness level of it. And what's required, but yeah, once you attain a certain level of of fitness and you know have that kind of cardio, you realize you get in the cart, and, and it's hard to put into words. But it's like, oh, okay, like I'm breathing normally, I'm focused fine, right? You know, and you just you'll feel faster. Yeah, you know, you're so. not trying as hard to hit the same note. You right, it's not quite as hard. Right, yeah, for sure. Yep. Well, we're we're 2021 here. And as you say, it's Paul Bonilla's birthday on, uh, what is the date today, actually? I didn't even look. August 16th. Yes, as you would know. I guess you would know, yeah. August 16th. Happy 53rd birthday, Paul Bonilla. Happy birthday. Thanks, guys. Doesn't look a day after 59. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Seriously, uh, I've said it before, um, I, I... I think the world of you, I think as far as master's drivers go, you're in the conversation with the best of the best that I've ever seen or been around. And uh, and I'll, I'll say on a personal note, I remember getting done with uh, Phoenix. Uh, I'd never been there before. I went and did GP and 100cc. It had decent results. But I came back and you'd, you'd said to me, hey, now you're in. Now mm, right. Now you're you're part of the crew, basically. And I'm like, Phew. just pack it up, boys. We're done right now. That's <laughs> that's all I need in the rest of my life, right there. Well, you did well. You know, you didn't just show up. You you know, you held your own. That's- well, but to to hear it from someone like you, and, and again to rub elbows with guys like Billy Cleveland and whatnot, those are the people I get excited about. And I think it's the same thing with a senior driver who's been around for a while has that respect. I don't know that cadets or juniors really give a shit about that, <laughs> but us masters guys have been around for a while. To, to get a chance to rub elbows with someone of your caliber uh, and then to hear something like that, it's pretty awesome. Um, before we let you go, the one last thing I want to ask you, uh, you got you got time before you hit Billy Cleveland status. <laughs> All right. You got time. As you as you move on, and again, you've been doing the, you got the live stuff going on, et cetera, and, and we talk about Cleveland being so damn good, and we – can I can I do it ten years from now stuff like that? Have you ever had a thought to coaching or team stuff or anything beyond just as as the driver? Because Billy Cleveland phenomenal. I don't think he does the coaching suffering like that. Whereas I already right now I'm like I don't know if I want to drive as much as I want to coach. Have you thought about doing stuff stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we've had some instances here and there with a, a newbie or a young driver. Uh, that we can work with. And it hasn't been an ongoing thing. It's just, you know, I, actually with uh, 
and I know Andy used to have a lot of young drivers and then it became more of a master's thing. And, you know, he's been, his plate's been pretty full with the, um, the series and promoting and all that. Uh, but yeah, you saw I was out here with, uh, Josh Huff a few months back for Tri-C. He had some young kids in there. That was fun. And, you know, I kind of mentored and worked with a couple of them and, you know, he was happy as pie. He's like, dude, let's do this. Let's do this. I'm like, well, again, you know, I, I can't commit to anything long-term period, but, uh, you know, there's definitely some possibility there. And on that note, we're talking about Buckleus and doing different things. Uh, he's got a dirt thing coming up. I've never done the dirt. Dude. We've been thinking about that too. And yeah, so same. is it next week? I think it's next week, a week from tomorrow or something, right? It's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So that just, stuff looks pretty fun. It does. And you it's know what? Different. It, yeah. it is different. You know, I'm not looking forward to cleaning the damn thing afterwards. Dude, I was going to say, I <laughs> someone was busting my chops. I'm like, I just don't want to get dirty, man. Right. Like, that is just what it comes but, down but, to. I've said it before. I, it, it, the, I had a choice, dirt or, or sprint raising when I was 12. My dad said that I had to clean the cart. And I said, sprint. <laughs> Right. That was it. Right. Like if right. that happens, I'm wearing the old helmet, the old suit. I, yeah. And I always trip out because like when we were at Pat's recently, you know, anyone that puts it off or whatever, you see guys in dirt, like they just there's always a hose available that go and they just hose the whole thing off. And I'm going, Oh my God, you're you're hosing down the I always thought that was bad. I mean, right. Like, really? You can just hose it all down? Like what, what about the axle bearing? Yeah, that know? that's a thought process from the rain race. Oh man, rain racing is so hard on equipment, blah blah. blah. I'm like <laughs> up north. Might as well say half the season's in the wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess it's more about if it's getting in the motor and the crank bearings. Right, all right. Everything else is whatever. So you go in dirt racing is what you're saying. Well, maybe not racing, but <laughs> you'll go you try know, a day in the dirt, dirt driving. Yeah, yeah. Why not? That'd be cool. You I know? dig it. So might need to change your posture though on the wheel. Oh, all right. <laughs> I think yeah, that might be the first fix. A lot of counter. <laughs> a lot of counter going on yeah. right there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's. You know what it is? It, some people are naturally good at explaining, teaching, you know, and mentoring. Um, it doesn't come naturally to me. I have to think about it a little bit and I have to, you know, kind of formulate a plan like, how are you going to, right? Because we all see people do it the wrong way, right? You know, last thing you want to is be like one of these parents who just screams at their kid. Right. You know, like my daughter, I don't know if you remember, I had her out here numerous times. I yeah. had a cart for her at a Minimax. And she was doing it just to come hang out with dad. And, and she was, you know, just wanting to do it from that point of view. But it wasn't her passion. It wasn't in her interest. And as, a, well, a parent or just any adult is like, look at that quickly and go, all right, they're not into it. Right. right. This is you, not them. And you can't beat that into them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just let it go. And so I let yeah. it go. She really do everything. She's been out uh, with the with the surfboard with us and, you know, enjoys being out in the water. And so. If they're not into it, they're not into it. Don't yeah. don't be that psycho soccer mom or dad, you know. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, there's an art to everything. There's you know, teaching is and mentoring. You know, got to figure out how to how to do it, yeah. basically. And there's a lot of knowledge in that noggin of years over these years. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> in part, now we're just trying to grab that knowledge <laughs> and impart some of it before you know it all gets forgotten. But one thing I forgot to say earlier, and I know I think other guests have kind of touched on it. You know, the passion of doing all this is, at least for me, it's it's a trifecta. It's I mean, we all love to drive, right? And then, as I mentioned earlier, you know, having a dad who's a tool and die machinist and all that, and tinkering and 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 hot riding stuff. I love you know, working on stuff. I love working on motors. I mean, I've built motors. I've done all kinds of stuff. I mean, I'm not necessarily going to say I'm good at it, but, you know, good enough. And then there's the third part of that is like, well, you know, do you know what the car is doing? 
And do you know what it needs, right? So there's tuning, there's driving, and then there's just what I'm just calling straight mechanical, you know? Mm-hmm. And I kind of like enjoy all three of those equally, you know? I can't tell you which one. Oh, yeah, it's great to, you know, cross the finish line and win. But, you know, you got to love all aspects of this thing, right? Whether it's cleaning up the damn thing on a Monday after a weekend or prepping it on a Thursday or a Friday. So, you know, kind of like it all. So basically what we're saying is the only reason why we don't have Paul Bonilla Racing is because the name PBR is already taken. Oh, Ooh, there you go. Uh, well, you know what? <laughs> sponsor. There is a there is a sticker kit that I we made what? way back when, and it was Paul Bonilla Racing. It's on a cart. Yeah, I have some old pictures of it. Does it oh, got blue cool. ribbon and everything? No, no, uh. no, no, no. Paul, this has been a lot of fun. That was a good time, man. We say it so so many damn times. It's I've known you for years. Got a chance to share the track with you and whatnot. Uh, It's it's good to know that I was below you on the list of people to to run the (laughs) veal. Oh come on! (laughs) Uh, But no, seriously, uh, didn't didn't know two shits about what Paul Benny was all about, and and to to get a chance to share this time with you, man. Appreciate you guys you coming out here on a Monday and hanging out with us. Mm -hmm. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Thanks so much. No, thanks for having me. Thanks for, uh, you know, same thing. I didn't, not that I didn't give two shits, but you know, once you start seeing other people come on this show and doing what you guys are doing, you know, I, I see the, the cohesive nature for the, for the sport, for even new people trying to come on, you know, like nah, I get it. You know, some of us are older. We were not like we're don't want to accept the new technology, but I mean, there's a reason why long format podcasts and interviews works. It's working in all the kinds of formats and so uh, glad you guys are doing this. It's a real positive thing for the sport. And uh, yeah, hope to see and listen to more more guests. Well, Sweet. And, yeah, and on a selfish note, we, we just want to know more about Paul Bonilla. That's <laughs> all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks so Thank much, you. buddy. All right, thanks, guys.